Welcome to the Faith Element Podcast for the December 31, 2023 session, focusing on Psalm 148. Praise the Lord. I'm David Cassidy. I'm Nikki Hardiman. I'm Daniel Glaze. And I'm Crystal Shepard. We've made it to the end of 2023. Can you believe it? Wow. December Mm. 31, people. (laughs) Right? Yes. So we have we have a wonderful year behind us full of all sorts of things. If your 2023 has been anything like mine. Yeah, there's been fun times and not so fun times, challenges, joys, laughter and sadness. And yeah, in that soup that is a year that's about to end. It is good to look back. It's good to reflect. I would, I want to ask a question, and it's not just about 2023, really any year as you're looking back. I wonder, have you ever created something and felt a lot of pride about it? I do. In the, several of you may know that I am divorced. However, my ex-husband and I, we co-parent together, and we've been able to figure out how to do that really well and cooperatively. And that has also made way for our blended family because he has remarried and she has two children to create a real blended family. So much so that we celebrate Christmas and Hanukkah together. And we just went on an international vacation trip together. And it is, it's not where I thought I'd be at this point in my life, but I am also so incredibly grateful that we've been able to create this because it took all of us being willing to do it. And I am very proud. It's probably the thing in my life I am the most proud of, that we've been able to create this blended family in a way that works. That's really neat. Mine is not Mm -hmm. nearly that impactful. (laughs) Um, But always on a quest for hobbies. This is actually a longstanding one, but I just never have time for it. I love to, when I can get some time to do woodworking and, Mm. and I'm not that great, but, but I do enjoy it. And it is, it's, it, I guess it uses a different kind of my brain than I normally use. And so this year I'm trying, I may not fully succeed, but I'm trying to do all homemade gifts and hopefully, yes. And and it's nothing is earth shattering and would earn me $10 at the flea market, but (laughs) I'm proud that I did something that that's a creation. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Probably for me, when I was serving in a church, and this is going to sound strange, but I love to write. So crafting sermons was something that I was proud of when I could find Mm. an example or an illustration. And so most of what I would say I'm pretty, I've been proud of is like my writing when I'm able to write something that is expresses a part of myself, but also can connect with other people. Then I find pride and joy in that. First, I want to say something about something my dad created. And that's dad was a woodworker, Daniel, <laughs> and he loved to make furniture and he could make some fine furniture. So mm-hmm. when I graduated from seminary with my MDiv, he made me a really cool, like early American style desk. And it is an heirloom now. It's one of my most valued possessions. I also have shelves that were made by him, coffee table, other pieces. 
And they'll always be special just because he made them, but they're also nice. (laughs) I am terrible at that sort of thing. So don't give me any tools. That's dangerous. (laughs) What I want to rewind back to is similar to what Crystal said. When I was uh, in local church ministry during seminary a long time ago, I was a youth minister at a church in Louisville. And I was still young enough to enjoy having lock-ins. And it was a tradition there (laughs) at the church. And I was crazy. And thankfully, the church gave me freedom to be crazy. And the youth seemed to enjoy the craziness. But I like to create themed lock-ins that were incredibly elaborate and where these (laughs) literally were simulation games that started the minute the youth walked in the door. We had a pirate lock-in. We literally built pirate ships in the gymnasium that had battles and they had excursions. They had to go onto the islands, which were the different floors of the church (laughs) and the ships would compete against each other. We also had one that was a science fiction lock-in and we turned the three floors of the education building into different planets. And so that they would come and in the gym, we had set up different spaceships and they would be a crew and they would have mission assignments that they would have to do on those planets. And then we had one that was a prison lock-in. And so as soon as they got there, they were thrown in jail. (laughs) And we played prison games all night. So, But that was one of the more creative periods of my life and had the biggest time. My advice out of this for anyone who is working with youth and still, oh, my Lord, has to do lock-ins is make the whole thing a game that's competitive and you'll never have to worry about discipline problems all night long because they want to win so bad they forget about getting into trouble. (laughs) We have a nice, lovely psalm here for the end of the year. And no, not Daniel. Daniel has done all the intros for Advent, by the way, which is wonderful. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. But Crystal is going to take us into this one. Yes. So as a person who finds nature restful and rejuvenating, as well as a way to connect with God, Psalm 148 is beautiful. All of creation praises the Lord, the heavens, the sun and moon and stars, mountains, hills and waters. Humanity, no matter race, creed, financial background, praises the Lord God. I want to invite our listeners to take a moment and read through this passage line by line, like you might have done in freshman English class with poets like Dickinson and Emerson. There is a musicality to most psalms because many are poetry or were meant to be sung in congregational settings. Like most poetry, they are meant to evoke feelings in the reader and to stir the heart. They create beauty, wonder, and hope. Take a moment to allow this psalm to wash over you, noticing what feelings or memories come up for you. Good poetry, like a good song, which is often just poetry set to music, will move you. And Psalm 148 is no different. Paul O'Meyer says that poetry, particularly psalmic poetry, has a capacity to inspire human minds to consider familiar and unfamiliar terrains of human experience. He says it can provoke reflection on the activity of God in the world and beyond the world from the heights to the depths and everywhere in between. It can broaden horizons and lift spirits beyond the mundane to the sublime. The poet has a capacity to break through well-ordered thoughts and sprinkle them with raindrops of inspiration. Simple words combine to swiftly turn into torrents that flood everything one thinks they know and cuts new courses through well-managed mental landscapes, 
to form patterns of thinking unknown previously. So I again invite our listeners to take the time to read Psalm 148 out loud or silently and ponder what new courses this poem is charting. For me, this psalm helps us to undo the idea that humanity might be some crowning achievement of God. It puts all of God's creation on the same level. All created things, all existence is owed to God. For through God, all things were created. God created all things by a command, and God reveals God's self not just in human beings, but in all of creation. Meyer goes on to say, Anything can be the locus of praise, a drop of wasp venom, a grain of sand, a whirling electron, a quiet moment, a rivulet of water coursing down a 100-year-old windowpane that is thicker at the bottom than at the top due to the steady pull of gravity, a human hand holding 10,000 grains of sand, a child's laughter, or an old person's resolve. The things and the movement of things can be sites of praise for God and has what all God has made because God has made all that moves and all that doesn't move, all that breathes, all that whirls in the solar systems, galaxies, and atoms across spans wider and smaller than the human eye, computer, or imagination can go. I believe St. Francis of Assisi may have had some of these ideas swirling in his head when he penned his Canticle of the Sun poem, which is based on Psalm 148. This in turn gave the inspiration for the famous hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King. So I want to leave you with an excerpt of St. Francis's words and an invitation to read Canticle of the Sun in its entirety. May they, along with Psalm 148, be openings to us to think differently about praise and what it may look like. May we learn to see the praise in the flight of a bird, the buzzing of a bee, the laughter of a child, the tears of a friend. May we see our kinship with creation and one another for all things, praise the Lord. St. Francis says, Most High, all-powerful, good Lord. Yours are the praises, the glory, the honor, and all blessings. To you alone, most high, do they belong, and no man is worthy to mention your name. Praise be you, my Lord, with all your creatures, especially Brother Son, who is the day and through whom you give us light. And he is beautiful and radiant with great splendor and bears a likeness to you, most high one. Praise be you, my Lord, through sister moon and the stars in heaven, you formed them clear and precious and beautiful. Praise be to you, my Lord, through brother wind and through the air cloudy and serene and every kind of weather through which you give sustenance to your creatures. Praise be you, my Lord, through sister water, which is very useful and humble and precious and chaste. Praise be you, my Lord, through brother fire through whom you light the night, and he is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Praise be you, my Lord, through Sister Mother Earth, who sustains us and governs us, and who produces varied fruits with colored flowers and herbs. And he ends with, Praise and bless my Lord, and give him thanks, and serve him with great humility.
Amen. Crystal, you have a lyrical way that you write, and I love it. Every time you do your introductions, just like this time, there is a melody feel that I get when I listen to you. And, and I don't know if that's more the writing or more the way that you read, but one, just thank you for always sharing that with us and for oh, gifting thank you. that to us. It's always a gift to us. And it was today. And this is just such a beautiful hymn. And I love what you did with it. I was having a conversation with someone the other day about the types of passages we enjoy preaching and the ones that are harder for us to preach. And I always have a hard time preaching the Psalms because I feel like I'm pulling apart something and dissecting it that wasn't ever meant to be pulled apart and dissected. It's always hard for me to figure out how to approach the teaching and preaching of a Psalm. But I thought the way that you started us out was really lovely. Uh, and I'll say one more thing that I think the beauty in this passage, when I think about all of creation giving praise to God, when we look at a bird, we don't ever expect a bird to be anything more than a bird. Mm -hmm. And when we look at a sunset, we don't expect it to be anything more than a sunset or a bumblebee. And I had a professor one time who said that his best spiritual teacher was his dog. Because a dog never tries to be anything more than a dog. Mm -hmm. And I think as humans, we always try to be something more than human. We are always trying to, to be more than, better than, more than human. And it's, and I think that what this passage tells us is that it is our humanity that praises God, not anything else that we try to make up or be, but it is in our humanity that God is praised. Hmm. I love how you put that, Nikki. And this is not at all a contradiction. Maybe it's an amplification of that. But the importance of humanity's deepest deepest need and desire to praise is there, but at the same time, the first time humanity is mentioned is in verse 11, and mm -hmm. there are only 14 yeah. verses. <laughs> that's right. So there's a whole lot more praising that goes on than, and that's not oh. neg negating what you were saying, but yeah, and, and part of that praise, I think, is a recognition that the world praises. Right. Um, yes. And, and, and I, I love, so that's one thing. The second thing is, and I'm not making fun, but Nikki and Crystal talk about the ADHD brain. <laughs> off here. I, I wonder if Psalmist did too, because yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Psalmist is walking in a toy store. I like that one. Ooh, that one over there. Give me that. <laughs> is that? I, yeah, praise, praise some angels, sun and moon, mm -hmm. all just almost wide-eyed and starry-eyed. Walking through creation, recognizing mm -hmm. this praises God. You, the cedar trees, praise God. It's a it's a neat way to look at it, I think. Mm -hmm. And I don't think what you said was a contradiction at all. Absolutely. I think that what we read in this passage, 
I don't know if it's designed to, but I think that for us today, it humbles us because we are not the first thing mentioned to give praise to God. We are not featured as more important than sun and moon, Mm -hmm. than land and sea. We are sibling with Mm -hmm. these things. I think it captures our connectedness to creation. And I think that the psalmist would have been more closely connected to the earth just by, by virtue of not having technology like we have, not living in environments that we live in. And so I think about this psalm can invite us to praise in a new way, in a different way than maybe we are used to praising. And I say that as a person, like I said, who loves nature and finds connection with God through creation. And so I think that it it shows us our connectedness and how we can learn from the other parts of creation. Like you said, Nikki, about the fact that the dog is just a dog. And so I think there are so many things like the bird we have a bird that keeps coming to this grill on our back deck. And he, he like last winter, same spot every time, singing his little heart out, praising God, right? I mean, if I want to take it that far. And yeah. so he's, he, I didn't see him this summer. And I thought, and we've got a cat wandering around. It's not our cat, but it's wandering around. I'm like, this bird is dead. This bird is dead. <laughs> the bird is back and he brought a friend with him. And it's so exciting to me because wow. they're singing. And I just think they're just giving that song out. They're just offering it out into the world. And mm. what could we learn from that? What could we learn from the bird, the birds flying or a, a child throwing themselves full force into their play? What could we right. learn and how could that be our praise to God? How could that be us living into our humanity? So what that causes me to think about, and I love the story of the, the bird that has come back and brought a friend, <laughs> is a skeptic could look at this psalm and say, this is incredibly naive, Pollyannish, pie in the sky, whatever. They're, we've got real problems we're dealing with in this world. It's a heavy time, and we're supposed to just read this cotton candy kind of praise the Lord kind of psalm and everything's going to be okay. Is that really going to heal the world? There's that skeptic side to say, but I also love, I love this idea that praising God in everything and gratitude in everything just might be a wonderful way that we can exist in the world and just might change the world. Crystal, you're the reason I keep a gratitude journal because you've talked about it before. And sometimes I think it's silly just to write down these things, but it's it's so much deeper in that I am grateful that I woke up this morning because some people are not going to wake up. Mm -hmm. And it's not a guilt thing. It's a praise thing. And it doesn't mean I'm any more blessed than anybody else, but it means I have something to give thanks for. And when I woke up, my home was warm. And I didn't worry that there was that food was scarce. And I I was able to go to a job that I'm able to provide for my family. And I see people here that I enjoy working with and on. And that kind of way of living, I guess I'm naive and dense enough just to think that might change the world. And I think this psalm is a wonderful example of that. And I don't know this for sure, but the fact that this comes 
toward the end of the Psalter. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if it's a let's end with this or let's is it a crescendo to it or is it building to it or something? I don't know, but I wonder about that, too. I want to jump on that last comment because I think that there are several scholars who would agree with you on that. So the Psalms, a lot of the way the scholars read the Psalms is they see it as telling a story from beginning to end hmm. of the Israel people. They break it into five different books and it's not, it's not perfectly linear, but it begins with that question, with a call to wisdom. You find that when you get into the middle of the Psalter around 89, there's a lot of darkness. And that's and a lot of the Psalms around that area are were likely written when they were in exile in Babylon. And then it carries us to the end. And in 48, 40, 148, 149, 150, it's really like the eschaton. It is the it is like that all of God's world has come to completion. And we give praise to God. So I think absolutely, yes. I keep thinking it's like a benediction. It's okay. It's like here, we've had this, and now be doers of the word. Go forth with this blessing, praising God. Yeah. Live like this. Mm -hmm. I do notice that when I practice gratitude, my perspective changes. My outlook is different when I take time to give thanks. Things are just better. Really, I'm better, but (laughs) (laughs) it makes it feel like everything's better. Well, and then I think that's why I suggest it to so many people because, and I can't corner the market on that. That was suggested to me from a friend. And so it really does change your perspective. And that in turn makes you, at least for me, I think it's made me a kinder person. It might soften some of the rough edges. It may make me pause and look at things a little differently or take the time to see someone and what they're going through. Yeah, I think like you said, Nikki, it it changes you. But in turn, I do think it's possible for that gratitude and that praise to change the world. Mm -hmm. So everybody get on it. Gratitude journal. Gratitude journal. (laughs) And there's there's something else about this psalm that just won't let me go. And I don't know if it's significant. I think it is to me. But at a time when some in the church and the world are so concerned about who's in and who's out, who are the right people to preach, who are the authorized people to proclaim good news, to lead in worship, to be ministry leaders. This is an inclusive psalm. God seems to desire and open God's self to praise from everyone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying other than it doesn't strike me as very God-like to always be in the business of trying to see where the boundaries are and see who's in and who's out and who's the right kind of people. The mm-hmm. Or is when God just is so inclusive and generous with welcome and with praise. And so many times, so many of us 
act in ways contrary to that. And this just strikes me as a very inclusive. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's the word that keeps coming to mind. Mm -hmm. I think you're absolutely right, Daniel. And what I I've been listening attentively to this conversation and the question that I think is on our lips now and that we are inviting our listeners to also ask is this planet, this people, we are God's creation and God is apparently proud of us and this planet. <laughs> and how do we show our gratitude for this creation, for this creative act of God? How do we live in such a way that we express that gratitude, that we praise the Lord with our lives? That's a really good question. <laughs> and one that we can use to reflect back on this year. How have we done? And look forward to next year. How are we planning to do to live out this gratitude, to honor what God has created in all these people around us? and to honor what God has created in this planet. Mm -hmm. I want to return to something Crystal referenced early on, which was the favorite, wonderful hymn, All Things, what is it? All Things Bright and Beautiful. Yes. Was that the hymn you were referencing, All Crystal? Creatures of Our oh, God and King. Okay. I'm picking a different one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. I think it's similar. This one's written by uh, a woman. Her name is Cecil Francis Alexander, uh, Irish poet. And I think we're familiar with it. It goes, all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful, the Lord God made them all. Each little flower that opens, each little bird that sings, he made their glowing colors, he made their tiny wings. The purple-headed mountain, the river running by, the sunset and the morning that brightens up the sky. The cold wind in the winter, the pleasant summer sun, the ripe fruits in the garden, he made them every one. He gave us eyes to see them and lips that we might tell. How great is God Almighty, who has made all things well. We serve a creative creator God who is not done creating. God is working to create anew among us as people, among our congregations, as churches, and uh, on this planet, on this world that God has created and loves. I hope that as we look into a new year, a 2024 that likely will be full of all the usual craziness, <laughs> ups mm -hmm. and downs, challenges, <laughs> and joys, that we can commit to living in gratitude. And that gratitude shows itself in the way we treat each other and the way we treat this creation. I, I wanted to wrap up to today by also thanking and being grateful for each of you, for our listeners uh, you are the reason we are doing this, and it empowers us that you listen, that you respond. We do read every single email when you write us, <laughs> and we appreciate the journey you are on with us. And I appreciate Daniel and Nikki and Crystal 
and David Adams and Lacey Wondry and all those who participate with us. Yes, even Burt Montgomery, even though he abandoned <laughs> us. Totally. <laughs> we'll get him back somehow. Okay. <laughs> but I do appreciate all of you. Uh, what we do takes time and energy and emotional investment. And I think, as you can tell, we do reveal a bit about ourselves, and that's a risky thing. So I appreciate all that uh, is given to make this podcast happen and look forward to a whole new year of episodes <laughs> yeah. as, as we journey with the scriptures uh, and with God. Thank you all for this good conversation. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. Learn more about our Faith Element Bible study curriculum at faithelement.net. Faith Element is a service of Faith Lab.